Welcome to the Axiom Podcast. I am Joey Brannon here with Devin Dash this week. Good morning, Devin. Hi, everyone. It's good to be back. And so this week, what are we going to be talking about? This week, we are going to talk about, uh, we're going to open up a three-part series, uh, and it's really on preparation. Uh, Preparation is something that is not necessarily common to most maybe blue-collar workers, right? You you think of a, a standard work job where you have work orders and your crews come in every day, and I'm thinking of a few clients, but your crews come in every day and they get the work order and it has an address and they go do the same job or you know, you have people that build the same widget mm-hmm. and they don't really, ha- there, there's not a lot of prep work to that. There's not a lot to, to do beforehand when you go, to, before you punch the clock every day. Um, you're not having to prepare for meetings. You're not you know, planning for unexpected questions or problems they might happen but you really don't have time to prepare for them so more like job functions where if i were to kind of uh, stereotype when you're off the clock you're off the clock right you can just leave it at the office you know which so uh i talked to somebody one time and they're like yeah I, i retired and drove a school bus because I can't drive a school bus when I'm sitting at home or taking a shower or playing with my kids, but I could do all these other things when I was doing that. And so is that what you're talking about? Those types of positions typically don't have to focus on preparation so much. Exactly. Exactly. And so the the contrast to that would be maybe your white collar workers who or your thought workers who are, are always solving problems. And, you know, I know that I hear this from my wife that I go home and I'm eating dinner and she goes, are you okay? Never happens to me. <laughs> because she knows that <laughs> right. my mind is going and she can see the blank stares and right. she can say, are you home or are you still at work? Right. Um, so that's what we're talking about. The, you know, preparation as it pertains to um, business owners or hire, you know, C-suite executives um, and not maybe more blue collar positions or, or maybe somebody in your standard accounting department who's, you know, getting has an inbox and they're just working through the invoices that they've received on a daily basis. They might not, they might have other tasks. Yeah. That are, you know, more thought, thoughtful and having to, to prepare for, but typically it's like, I have an inbox, I'm going to get through that inbox. Um, and so that's, that's the kind of compare and contrast that we want to make in terms of preparation. Okay. So when we're talking about the elements of preparation or what it looks like, you've got, three things here on the page we're going to talk about today. So walk me through from a high level what those three things are and how we're going to get into them. Yeah, we're going to talk about each of them in in subsequent weeks. I'm going to introduce them here. Um, Today, we're really going to focus on the time component. Um, So that's the first component of preparation, major element of it. Uh, The second one is space. And the third one is place. And we're going to dig into space and place in, in latter weeks and really get, help you understand why place and space are such an important and what's different between the two. Um, but this week, I really want to focus our, our attention on time and the time element of preparation because it's important. We, we only have so much time, and and we have to redeem it and use it well. <laughs> <laughs> redeem the time is it's something that we talk about uh, internally. We've, we've used that phrase. So when I'm when we're talking specifically about preparation, so give me, um, can you give me a, a case or an example of what uh, a, a fair consideration of time looks like when it's talking about preparation, preparing for a meeting or preparing for, uh, let's talk about first, give me an example of something we might prepare for. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I prepared for this podcast and put okay. some time into it. All right. So what, what does the time aspect of preparing for this podcast look like? 
Well, I was going to use a different example. Okay. In my preparations, I, I thought of something completely different that maybe more people would relate to. Okay. Um, I don't know if you, I'm sitting across the table from a half Iron Man. Um, I don't know if Joey shared this with you in other podcasts, folks, but um, he did actually just complete a half Iron Man, probably what three, four weeks ago now. Yeah, that's yeah. And so, what better example of you know the the time aspect of preparation? Because you think of an Iron Man or a half Iron Man or a marathon or any sort of con- you know competition that you have to partake in, you know, say from running a mile. Right, the the Ironman that you just ran, the time aspect of that, the preparation piece is that's not something that you could have competed in and accomplished if you started preparing the week before sure. the race. The race was on, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's um, you, you know, we talked about you and I have had conversations. I have conversations with a couple of other people since then, and I probably underestimated the amount of time. In there, there was an injury in there too that kind of impinged on that. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things, one of my bucket list things, is to do a full Ironman. And this was a wake up call in terms of the <laughs> amount of time that I would have to wrap my head around. Uh, and so it's interesting we talk about preparation and time because it's one thing to say, well, I just have to put the time in. Mm-hmm. And we can in terms of preparing for something, if we haven't considered the time that's necessary, what we wind up doing is almost always not giving enough time to it. Mm -hmm. But when we do give the time to it, it is like right before, you know, it's like the last minute is the kind of procrastination thing. Um, What's interesting in this example you gave is that when I was considered, so I finished that race and I looked back on the about three to four months worth of training, which probably it, in hindsight, it wasn't enough. Um, but when I look at what is it going to take to prepare if I wanted to double every distance mm-hmm. and do the full Ironman, I was, I very quickly realized this is a conversation I have to have with my wife <laughs> <laughs> because the amount of time that's going to have to be put into it is sufficient that it requires me to offload some of my responsibilities to her, at least during that period of training, which is probably gonna be like a nine to 10 month window of time leading up to to a race. And um, and that was interesting to me because we don't think, normally we don't think about thinking about the time that's required. And then that is going to cause us to have to go get other commitments or make other commitments or get other amounts of buy-in. And if I were to just, say, yes, I'm going to do this and I'm going to start putting the time and there's going to be other things that impinge on that time because I haven't considered it as part of my preparation routine. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge piece of the, of the time aspect of preparation. Um, because the other side of that is, you know, what you're really saying is making sure that we put and allocate enough hours to a given task before it's due, before it's, it's, it's time to, to perform and making sure that we have not only the resources necessary to accomplish said goal or task, but that we also have the appropriate amount, you know, our responsibilities or the, the time that is going to be taken away in doing that thing or in preparing for that thing and giving that to somebody else or making sure that somebody else can perform those duties um, while we prepare. Yeah. I think when we talk about time uh, in, the, in the time space place piece of it, 
when you say how much, how long should I plan on this thing taking, or how long should I put aside for like if, for preparation? A lot of times, the whatever you're preparing for, by definition, that the time block has already been defined. So、mm-hmm. for me, preparing for a race, okay, I know that on I think it was January eighth, from roughly. Six a.m. in the morning until three or four o'clock in the afternoon. That block of time is taken. Right. I got to get there. Got everything set up. The race is going to be there. Then I got to break everything down and pack it up. And so I didn't have to think about that. Now I had to think about that at some point, like when I made. And you know, I guess this is like square. <laughs> this is like <laughs> box one. You know, if you can't keep a calendar, like this podcast is not going to help you very much. Exactly. Right? But exactly. if you ha- if you can keep a calendar, and you've said on this date I'm going to have to be here with this person or with this group or doing this thing, then that it's interesting. You've already quantified how much time is required. Now we're saying now you got to prepare. How much time exactly is going to be necessary to prepare? And it causes you to ask a lot more questions, and it's it's interesting how many people never ask that question. And you can identify these people because one, they're always harried, and they're always in the last minute.、Mm-hmm. But they also tend to miss a ton of deadlines because there are other aspects of your world、uh, that don't involve. Being somewhere with a certain person at a certain place and time, it just means getting a certain amount of work done.、Yep. And if you don't think about ahead of time, how long is it going to take to get that work done? You're probably not thinking ahead of time how long is it going to take to prepare for this or that event. So I think they're they're kind of two. I think this helps in both respects. When you think about something that you're going to have to put your head down and work through. Are you thinking about how much time it's going to take? Are you allocating enough time to it? When you think about what it's going to take to prepare for this event or this appointment or this job, right? Are you considering how much time is it going to take to do that? Right. And so the two major questions there are: how much time should you allocate in preparation for some event? You know, and that's not a one-to-one ratio. It's not like for every or two-to-one or three-to-one for、mm-hmm. every hour of you know actual performance, whether it's a meeting or an interview or, or A marathon or half marathon, it's not for every hour of marathon you have to you know prepare for three hours. Right. So the, the, the I wish the, I wish it was right. That easy. <laughs> the amount of time for how much time you you should prepare is going to vary based on what the activity is and also the person. Yeah. Right. And because some people have really I, this is not me, but some people have it's a skill that I have to learn. Some people have really great minds for preparation. And it's like they can see the framework, and they just they approach every task, every project with the same mindset.、Um, and so there's that kind of leads to the second question: is what should that time in preparation be providing you? Yeah. And I mentioned one earlier, which is you know making sure that you the first one is making sure you understand the objective of whatever the set task is in the future. Your time. Should be first and foremost on defining what that outcome is. Yeah, and it might take you a few days. It might take you a few hours to establish that. But that's one checkbox of what am I doing with this time? Yeah, you know the and then the other piece of that is, um, what I lost my train. Of well,、thought. let me let me go back because <clears throat> I just had this conversation with Andrew, my seventeen-year-old high school junior. <laughs> Uh, last night we were talking about he's taking a dual enrollment class, and 
you know, it's more difficult than your normal uh, high school class, you know, even AP class would be because he's doing college level work. Mm -hmm. And he said, this kind of scares me because I'm going to go to college and all my classes are going to be this way. And so we started talking through that and I was trying to, you know, relieve some of his anxiety by saying, well, you know, if you take a, if you have a 15 hour semester, that's 15 hours in the classroom, right? Right now you're seven hours in the classroom, five days a week. That's like a in college. That's like a 35 hour credit semester. You're not going to be doing that. That's not going to, but, um, I said, here's what you need to understand. I remember my freshman orientation, they said, you need to plan on an average of two hours outside the classroom for every one hour inside the classroom. Mm. And so that's one of those. So for, for a college class type of commitment that there's a ratio for that two to one. Sure. Right. And so that's how much time is it going to take me to read the assignments? How much is it going to take me to do the problem questions? How much time is it going to take me to write the papers? And some classes might be, you know, three out three to one. Some classes might be one to one, but on average it's going to be two to one. And when you get into the class, you'll be able to say, okay, I, I can look at the assignment and I'm going to say, it's going to take me six hours to write this paper over the next three weeks. So, it's interesting. Uh, we we can come up with rules of thumb within certain buckets, but the question is, and I think the point you're making is, there are different buckets. You can't treat everything the same. It's not two right. to one or right. one to one or 0.5 to one for everything. And when we're talking about some of those buckets, there are the buckets of like you got to get the work done before you can go. So for you and I, we're we might be preparing. One bucket might be preparing for a monthly client appointment. Yeah. And we know that there are certain things that have to get done, like the financial and operational dashboards have to get updated. And sometimes that's on us, sometimes that's on another member of the team, but whoever's looking at that, you know, they, they'll know based on some experience, I need to plan on an hour to do that or two hours to do that or whatever. And so now you've got this nice handy rule of thumb for this particular bucket, but we run into situations where Again, the whole point of this podcast is, are you thinking about the buckets in your life enough to be able to come up with what are the short rules of thumb that I can apply over a certain period of experience so that I know when I'm looking at what I have coming up this week, I'm like, oh, shoot, when am I going to be able to get ready for this? Because I know it's going to take X number of minutes or X number of hours. Yeah. So let's talk about, I want to get your thoughts on what do you think the buckets are? that people don't think about or, or rarely think about or the most missed buckets? Like what are the types of activities that people do not on, on the whole typically spend enough time preparing for? Oh man. You know, I, I, that's a great question. Um, I'll give you one that, that comes I mean, to mind. The one that comes to my mind and, and is my morning routine. I know that sounds terrible, but my morning routine is something that I I would say personally I don't have a bucket for and say I know how long it's going the amount of time. And maybe this is a, not not the right answer, but and, and the reason I can't allocate it like and say this is how much time I have and this is how much it takes in, in, in terms of preparation for my morning is because I have a wild card with three kids uh, or, or two and one on the way. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's a part of that where, you know, my daughter comes in and she's like, hey, daddy, will you read me a book? And 
maybe I should set harder boundaries and say no. <laughs> but you, you haven't seen my daughter. She's adorable. Um, what, what are you thinking? I was thinking for, um, so let's take an event that uh, if you're not a professional salesperson, meaning this is what you do every day, all day, um, but your, vo- your job involves, like ours, say, meeting a potential new client. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time where I spent, and I'm still uh, guilty of occasionally spending little or no time preparing for that. And it's obvious when you, when you sit down in front of a person and you spent no time preparing, it's a totally different experience than when you've spent some time preparing. So for me, I think about um, if I'm thinking about this time component of uh, how much time do I need to spend preparing for a coffee meeting? Mm -hmm. Right. And let's say that there are a couple of different buckets of that. It's some, maybe it's somebody that I've known for a long time and preparation might be spending 10 minutes looking at their website just to kind of refresh my memory, see if anything new is going on, see if the thing, the way I remember things is different than the way things are now. Um, And then literally sitting down and saying, what are the questions that I want to ask? Either typing those up you know, so I can see them on my phone during the meeting or writing them down in the notebook. So I've got it in front of me, but that 10 minutes is invaluable when it comes to sitting down and feeling like I'm in a place to have a very productive meeting where I can be of use and benefit and value to this person across the table versus sitting down and, you know, like, well, it's not a client, right? They're not expecting me to bring anything. There's nothing I've promised to do. There's no work that I have to deliver. So therefore, I don't have to prepare, and that's a you know that's a fault of mine. Where if I'm not diligent and thinking about this, I miss it. When that you know made me think of one that we see we get the luxury of seeing more often than not um, is the amount of time it takes to prepare for a meeting in general. Yeah. Right. So I think there's two different types of meetings. There's meetings as a bucket, right? Um, let's think of a different bucket in terms of. Uh, What's another one? I, I, it's hard. I want to. I want to separate this from meetings, but I want to say like hard conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Internal conversations with your employees. Okay. So a meeting. So the first bucket that we've been talking about might be like a set meeting, routine meeting on the calendar, whether it's one of our like weekly leadership team meetings or it's a new prospect meeting, and you're saying this doesn't happen very often. There's no set schedule for it. It's not routine at all. This is. A, a very awkward or difficult or touchy or sensitive conversation I have to have with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say that's, that's another area where we tend to either be, you know, most people don't really like conflict. Some people are okay with it. Um, if you really do seek it out, you seek out conflict. Well, you should probably talk to somebody about that, <laughs> but, but that's something that I think we tend to maybe under prepare for because we, 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 we just, we are not comfortable talking and, and confronting people and having hard conversations. And, and we don't, you know, we don't want people to feel bad. We also don't want to beat somebody up. Uh, we don't want to say something that, that is going to catch us off guard and, and stumble over our words. And so we end up, I think, procrastinating to the nth degree on those difficult conversations. Um, and, you know, in some of the extreme circumstances, we, we, spend no time preparing for those things. Um, and we, we do go into it blind and we just navigate the conversation with the intent of these are the three things that I need to talk about. 
but we haven't given any thought to how's this person going to feel about these these three things or what what are going to be some of their questions or what are going to be their objections that Mm -hmm. i might have to respond to so i would say that's another kind of bucket yeah i think it's interesting because this concept of considering the amount of time that's going to take to prepare for a difficult conversation i see it really helping people so i'll go i'll I'll go off script a little bit here and say that you're very empathetic you're very relational much more so than i am Mm -hmm. so when you're preparing for those conversations i think you have a clearer uh, tick list of, okay, I want to consider what is my point of view? What is their point of view? Um, is there an alternative point of view from outside? I think these are questions that kind of come naturally to you. Uh, uh, how's the best way to present this so that I'm, I'm saying I, not you, you know, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't ask those questions, right? I'm like, what's the, see the problem, kill the problem, <laughs> you know, <laughs> get back to work. Um, so for me, if I said, I got a difficult conversation coming up with somebody, I should prepare for that. What's an adequate amount of time for me to prepare for that? Rather than being like, well, I feel like I understand the problem. Let me, let me spend five minutes, right? If I said, I wanna, I'm going to spend 30 minutes preparing for that meeting, knowing because of my lack of, of innate skill set and relationally, that the first five minutes, I'm going to see the problem, kill the problem. You know, from my, okay, I know what I need to talk about. I know I know the points that I want to make. Well, crap, now i got 25 more minutes that I've said I need to sit here and prepare for this. And that in itself, maybe creating a, a larger block of time to prepare. And I would say if you feel like, if you're listening to this and you feel like, man, there are some things that I'm just not as good at as I want to be, schedule more time to prepare for executing on whatever that is, whether that's leading a meeting or having a difficult conversation or or tackling a difficult spreadsheet project. I mean, believe it or not, there's tremendous value in preparing to work before you start working. Absolutely. And people people don't differentiate between the two. They just kind of jump in and they haven't logically thought through, like, what is the correct order that I should be going through this project? What is the, how do, how should I build this spreadsheet? What should I think about beforehand? Should I do any research on, see if other people have built similar spreadsheets like this before me that I can just kind of copy their work or learn some new, a new approach to it. Right. So saying uh, this is an area where I, I don't have the innate skill set I would like. Therefore, I'm going to schedule more time to prepare and force myself to go out there and actually use up that block of time yeah. by asking questions I'm, I normally wouldn't answer. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a subtle, there's a nuance to that that I think is important to note too, which is, you know, in setting that block of time, we're also constraining ourselves to, to reach a final point where preparation is done. Mm. And I think that's another trap kind of, it's, it's the opposite side of the time component. The opposite side of that coin is that if we never set time to, for preparation, we end up just planning in perpetuity and we never actually make a decision. We never, even, even if we've erred in our planning and our preparation, we, because we haven't set a set time for that preparation to be completed, if we have a project that can keep going on and kick, being kicked down the road, we, we never accomplish anything. We never grow. We never, there's, there's no decision. There's no moment where we get to realize our error in planning, adjust and, you know, go to the, go a proper change direction. So let's say that uh, I think it's a great point. There has to be a point where you actually start doing the work, and you can be guilty of of preparing. Like let's say your to do list. Like you can get into your to do list, and you can curate it 
you know, for eight hours and before you know it, you know, you've spent eight hours in preparation for the day and you've got nothing done. I think that's a good point. Um, I'm also interested in talking about um, people who over-prepare. So what are the downsides? You know, what my propensity might be to under-prepare. Also, I think, though, there are times when I over-prepare, and they tend to be situations that cause me a great deal of anxiety. It might be a difficult conversation. It might be a very public um, you know, facing event mm-hmm. uh, or, or meeting, high stakes meeting. Um, and I will over-prepare. And what are the dangers there? So how can we benefit? What are some of the traps we can stay away from by thinking about time? Okay, I'm going to prepare for this. What's the adequate amount of time to set aside to prepare for this? If, if I don't do that and I over-prepare, what are the downsides? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of one of the downsides of over preparing is not leaving the flexibility and space for an, the opposite party, right? And think about it this way: if if you go into a meeting and you have all of the answers, like as as consultants, like that's you know, there's a tendency and a temptation for us to be like, great, we've we've over even though we over prepared we came with all the answers and mm-hmm. our client didn't have any questions because we didn't give them a chance to, t- to because come we up didn't with give them a chance right? to talk we, we didn't and that and i think the danger of that um and this might be a little bit off here but bear with me is that we don't we fail in the actual um educational process and i've been reading a book and it's a, it's a great book the law of the teacher and i, I think as consultants our primary duty is yes advice um, and advising our clients, but it's for the intent of making sure that they're actually growing. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just a magic wand that comes in and solves problem. Like our, our ideal situation is where our clients and their leadership teams, our business owners and their leadership teams are actually growing and, and feeling more equipped to handle different uh, scenarios and questions and challenges that pop up. And I think if we over prepare, we might strip the other party's ability away to participate and engage in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I was thinking of something similar along the lines of the sunk cost syndrome where I've prepared so much that if it goes away other than the way that I've scripted it out in my head, like I can't, I don't even, I'm, 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 I can't function at as high level Mm because I've kind of lost flexibility, you know, and I've, lost the ability to pivot. Uh, I was in a meeting recently where I watched this happen and the person is the consummate professional and pre- had prepared a great deal, but we're kind of throwing a curveball in the meeting. I threw a curveball at this person in the meeting. And to me, it seemed like a very, uh, there were like two or three different roads we could go down, but for him, there was just one mm-hmm. uh, because he had literally spent three days preparing for this meeting. And, um, and I was like, well, we got to, we got to figure out now we got to figure a way to undo unwind a lot of the preparation. So you can get some of your flexible thinking back and not be going down this one road and having had so much invested in this. I think that's probably, uh, you know, that's on the fringe of what we experience when it comes to time, but uh, maybe that's just because I'm looking at it from my point of view of, of somebody who I think, you know, feel like perpetually I have more on my plate than I can get done. I know you have the same thing. We're very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, our tendency is 
uh, it's not often that we find ourselves twiddling our thumbs going, well, I've got eight hours to prepare for this meeting tomorrow. That's not a danger that you and I are likely to run into. (laughs) But um, there are other people out there, and that is their struggle. Their struggle is I am the consummate over-preparer. And in order for you to uh, be higher functioning in the events and situations that you're preparing for, um, maybe prepare less. I'm trying to think if there are any other areas where, you know, it might, it might struggle. I, you know, one, you mentioned one, and we talk a lot to leaders on this, this podcast, because that's who we interact with inside businesses. It's the, the, the business owner leader and the leadership team. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, um, one of the problems that over preparation can create is that, um, yes, you are always prepared, more prepared than anybody else in the room. And I think there's some hubris that comes from that. That's, that's a danger, Mm -hmm. you know, the ego can get in the way, but you're also, uh, I think you mentioned this earlier, you're also, um, eliminating the possibility that anybody else in the room shoulder the load. So like the leaders who are serving under, uh, somebody who is the consummate over preparer, like there tends to be a safety net that they don't, you know, they don't have to worry about yeah. things falling through the cracks because they know the leader is always over prepared and they'll catch them. Yep. Now, maybe there is a way to be prepared enough so that you know when things are falling through the cracks, but maybe withhold, uh, you know, jumping in to save the day. I read a biography on Jimmy Carter. And uh, he was known as the consummate over-preparer. He would know the information better than his staff did who was briefing him because he would have been up you know, all night the night before reading ec- ecology reports and engineering studies. And, and you know, when it came to, hey, we, you know, we want to get the, uh, the Forestry Service to put a dam on this river, you know, he would have all the studies that said it's going to impact this wildlife and this wildlife and there are four endangered species on this river and they'll be extinct if we wow. let this happen. And they're like, uh, you know, <laughs> so, um, so maybe if you're the president, you know, maybe you can over prepare. And, um, but it just strikes me like these are supposed to be some of the smartest people yeah. in the, in the country working at the behest of the president. And yet they're not as prepared as, as he is. I don't think that's the problem with our administrations of late. Yeah. But no. um, but when we, you know, what can you do if you're the leader? Obviously, modeling this type of behavior, you know, so that coming well prepared, uh, but not domineering and not getting locked into one train of thought because you're sunk, you know, got a sunk cost in all the preparation that you've done. You can't consider any other options. Um. But how does a leader help their team with this? Any ideas? I mean, the one that comes to mind almost immediately is if you're a leader who has the tendency to over-prepare, then start delegating, right? Delegate beforehand and say, hey, you got to come to this meeting with this part of this task. That doesn't mean you don't prepare on it as a leader, but it it might mean that your time and preparation is saying, here's what I expect from your report. Now you go prepare. And here's what we're looking for when you bring this topic or this theme or this content to the meeting. Now you go prepare. And then we, so our time and preparation is spent understand, you know, making sure we understand what we want the whole team to know as opposed to coming with all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that might be one of the easiest ways is delegate. You know, and yeah, I think as leaders, like the challenge for that is 
what if somebody on my team underprepares? Well, then we have a, we have a coaching opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, organizations get better when, when people fail and can try again. Mm-hmm. So, so when do you, um, when we run into teams, they're all busy. Mm-hmm. They've all, they're all putting out fires. I was at my C12 group yesterday and I asked one of my colleagues how he was doing. And he said, I feel like I'm in a forest fire with a garden hose. Right. And I, that was a very vivid image that I'm going to use quite a bit going forward. Um, but I think that's the role that a lot of our, our, certainly our CEOs feel they're in and their, their team members typically have more than enough work to do. They're running around like chickens with their head cut off. It's hard for us to get them in the same room at the same time, you yeah. know, once a month or once a week. And you, all of this requires that you have some, some time to work with. So what do you do if, if somebody's listening and they're like, this sounds great, but you guys don't know the world I'm living in. You don't realize, I mean, prepare for a meeting. I barely have time to get from one meeting to another meeting to another meeting. Or every time I sit down to prepare, somebody walks in my office or my phone rings or my, you know, somebody texts me something urgent. So, I mean, now we're getting down to maybe this is a different topic, but we we need we owe it to the listeners to say hey we recognize that to do this you got to have some margin mm-hmm. where does that come from yeah this is this is kind of the when question of when do i when do i make time or when do i prepare right and so that's i say it's related Are you saying you're going to kick this can down the road for another week maybe <laughs> no i'm, I'm going to tee up space okay right because space is is in this way directly related to that time component of preparation and I say, when when do you prepare? You don't understand. I'm so busy. When, when when do I do this? And I would, you know, there's there's lots of examples of people we know. We, we know a cli- I know a client. Um, you're probably thinking of the same one who, every Sunday night, I can almost yep. to the to the minute know that an email is coming from this client, and I'm deducing that that's the time when they think about everything that all the meetings that they have for the week. And they're drafting emails and drafting their thoughts and they're mm-hmm. sending out, hey, here, looking forward to this week. Here's what I'm thinking. And that's their time for preparation. Um, and I don't know how long they, they do that before their email goes out, but that's the end of the week, you know, or it's, it's just the beginning of the new week. And, and that's a time for preparation for them. I know me, I, I like to spend some time in preparation for my day each morning. Um, and I have a, a process that I go through where I, I do a quiet time and I think about, you know, what are the things that happened yesterday? I think about what's before me. Um, I think about, I read, I read a book and I read, and I read a passage of scripture and that just helps me mentally prepare for everything that I have in my way. And the things that I don't, I just cover in prayer. The things that I'm not quite sure what to expect, I cover in prayer, but even that time of realizing this is something that I'm not sure I understand and I'm, I don't know what to expect in this thing that in and of itself is time, you know, allocated to preparation. Yeah. That's a good, uh, good point that I think you're making is that if, if what we're, if we're thinking about, um, I don't have time to prepare for the meeting that I'm having right now, we've already lost that battle. Mm Mm-hmm. What we should be asking is, when are you going to prepare for the meeting you have a week from now, two exactly. weeks from now? Exactly. When I get into um, periods where I'm overwhelmed, I've just got 
you know, it's usually I find myself working at my home office at, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, this is stupid. Why are you, you, you shouldn't be doing this. This is not healthy. It's not where I want to be. It's not the kind of person I want to be. I it's want, not what our wife wants. It's not what my wife, definitely not what my wife wants. Um, and if I, you know, I, I've done this before. I, I do this all the time. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the self-flagellation, you know, beat myself up mm -hmm. for, for having to be in this position. And I think back and I can always roll the clock back and say, I should have been doing this during this block of time. Mm -hmm. I can, I can literally look at my calendar because everything goes in my calendar. I can look back at my calendar. And be like, you had a chance to do this. You know, maybe it was still going to be an evening that you were doing it, but it was going to be an evening that it was a week before. Right. You know, now you're doing it and not only are you working late, but you are stressed out because the clock is ticking and there's no margin. If you don't, if you can't figure it out tonight, it's not going to be figured out. Therefore you have no option. And that level of stress and anxiety builds. And if you're one of those people who is struggling with margin, I'd say, you know, consider everything that's going to happen in the next week or two, a lost cause. Exactly. <laughs> You're not going to get a chance to prepare for that stuff. That ship has already sailed. Do the best you can be honest, be transparent with people. Like I probably didn't, I'm not, I'm not going to have as much time to prepare for this. Another, I love your suggestion and it could help uh, kind of force this issue of just being honest with the people who are going to be part of those commitments you have and just saying, I'm not going to be able to set it aside enough time. I need you to help prepare in this or that or the other area. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so uh, look, in, look out at, look two weeks from now mm -hmm. and say, what is the, what preparation needs to be done for this two weeks from now? And how much time should I be spending? And then, and then we'll, the when, I like how you're teeing this up for next week. The when is, is also a function of time. You, you can't decide when until you know how much time. Mm-hmm. So like, again, we go back to the very first thing we started talking about. I've got this meeting in two weeks. I've got this presentation in two weeks. I've got this difficult conversation that's going to need to happen in, in a couple of weeks. And how much time do I want to set aside to prepare for that? Yep. And I go an hour. Okay. Now I can, now I got something to work with. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we only have to take medicine once. I, I'll, I think it's fitting. I'll close with this quote. Um, I actually read this in on a little chalkboard in college, which is time is a created thing saying I don't have time is like saying I don't want to, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that you're doing now probably if you if your th thought to all this is I don't have the time to prepare, I'm putting out so many fires, then take your medicine, look out two weeks and say what is coming in two weeks that I know for a fact will be there and where am I going, to, what time am I going to set aside and when and you know, kicking us off to next piece, how much space and what that space is going to look like and for you to prepare for that thing and everything till then yeah you're gonna feel like you're running around and a little bit crazy and but you felt like that for a long long time exactly <laughs> so it's nothing new yeah <laughs> awesome uh, it's been good i'm looking forward to the next two weeks and we'll see you guys back here next week yeah. goodbye